Welcome to the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs, where we showcase energy healers, lightworkers, holistic coaches, hypnotherapists, and creatives using their intuitive healing and transformative gifts to create an impact and a healthy income, as well as celebrate their one-of-a-kind, soul-expressed businesses. We'll take a look at the inspirational and insightful money lessons and messages in the world around us. I'm Michelle I. Rivas, your host and fellow spiritual entrepreneur, learning, exploring, and uncovering the gifts and the personal growth opportunities of a soul-inspired business right alongside with you. Thanks so much for pressing the play button and listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. While creating the last podcast episode, episode 86, there was a moment when I was talking about the numerology and astrology of the full moon. And as soon as I had this thought, I notated it so that I could explore it a little more with mindfulness and spend a little more time with what was I could feel unfolding. So it had to deal with the structures of the physical layouts of the buildings of sacred sites, such as temples, and how grand ancient halls of learning and libraries, specifically in my mind, I was picturing the great library of Alexandria, and how temples and these halls of learning had a similar building layout or blueprint from their grand open spaces of entrances and courtyards to the columns and pillars of commanding size and presence, they both have these familiar qualities of grandeur and respect and importance and sacredness. So I imagine these places of knowledge, wisdom, and learning to be sacred spaces where the teachers imparted both sacred and scientific knowledge to eager students. So they weren't only learning about math and science and the stars and philosophy, but also the deeper meaning, the spirituality behind these things, where education was glorified and valued, where teachers, instructors, philosophers were respected and revered for their knowledge and wisdom. And also gratitude for these people for sharing their skills, knowledge, wisdom with others. So my thoughts ping-ponged back and forth between the sanctity and the power of education and learning and religious organizations and teachings. So to me, libraries are sacred spaces. Maybe it's because I love books and reading. And I think I'm not the only one with this idea or belief. For one thing, when you enter libraries and churches or temples, it's usually in silence or with a quiet, soft voice. There is proper behavior and expectations. People go to these places for comfort, reflection, for learning, 
They also go to these places for a sense of peace. There are also specific spaces within these structures for specific things, objects, and activities. These spaces are clearly organized and maintained regularly and thoughtfully and with purpose and with care. So naturally, my thoughts wandered and drifted to schools and art education system or modern halls of learning. It seems that the respect and reverence the halls of learning from the past have become distorted in our modern times. So in the past, in places all over the world, passing down knowledge and wisdom was honorable, sacred, right? Today, this distortion has become more and more evident. So schools today are no longer as safe as they used to be with things such as school shootings that we hear about sadly on the news, especially in the United States. Teachers are no longer respected and valued as they used to be or as they should be. They have so much more to contend with now more than ever. So they have so many challenges that teachers in the past probably never even imagined that they would have to be worrying about. Teaching can seem like a thankless job these days. And for some teachers, it has become even a dangerous job or occupation. Starting from the late BCs to the early 80s, education was reserved for the privileged, the extremely talented, or the wealthy. You had to have money in order to have an education. You had to have money in order to have an education or a benefactor of some kind. As they say, knowledge is power. Therefore, if you had money, you not only had an education, but you had power as well. I thought learning and education used to be a sacred thing, used to be sacred and a thing of privilege. You were lucky to be going to school or university. It was something only a very small portion of the population were able to do. The key, most important thing is that you had to have the means, meaning you had to have the money or a benefactor or come from a wealthy upper class family. There is a huge giant money piece. It's all connected. Money, education, and learning and the sacred. Throughout history, we can also see that masses, great masses of people have been controlled through withholding knowledge or a lack of an education. Illiteracy was a way to control the lower classes, which was, of course, most of the population. Keeping information from the majority of the people was a really good way of hiding injustices and disempowering people. If you're busy working from sunrise to sunset in the field or on a farm, you didn't have time to read. At the end of the day, you were exhausted. You wanted your meal. Hopefully, it was a hot meal. You wanted to relax and get to bed because you had to wake up at sunrise the next morning for a very long day's work 
of grueling physical hard work. And the cycle, the day would repeat one after the other. So when would you have time to indulge in learning how to read? Even something so basic as to read. Besides, there was a really good chance that your parents didn't know how to read or write either. So who would you learn from? It is a vicious, naturally self-perpetuating cycle that is passed down from generation to generation. Once people learn to read and write, so much is uncovered and revealed. The mind is expanded and thoughts become things, as they say in the manifesting world. They discover their creative powers and rights, their birthrights. They have the opportunity to grow their wealth and make a healthy living. Today, sadly, some take these rights and powers for granted. Many take education for granted. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that need to change and things that need improving in our education systems. There is no perfect one-size-fits-all system to learning and education. But we are taught only the things that they want us to learn, like certain things about history, math, and science, etc., In some private schools, we're taught about religion and religious beliefs. But here's the thing. Something that is so very important in our lives, but we do not get a proper education on is, you want to take a guess? You only get one. If you said money, you are correct. If education and knowledge is power and we're not taught anything about money, what is that saying? Are we in a similar situation back in the day when people were not taught how to read or write for the purpose of controlling the masses? Except today, we can substitute reading and writing for money and finance? Has the truth about money been distorted in some way to keep us in the dark? Unempowered? I don't know if unempowered is uh, an actual word, but unempowered around money could be, right? So that's something to think about, the interconnectedness between the distortions of money and education and how money is such a big part of our lives. Even though we are spiritual entrepreneurs and yes, helping people is first and foremost. We, we all have very big hearts. But in the end, money is important and sacred. So what can we do? Number one, it would be most helpful and healthy to get the belief out of our head that we are not good with money. Plain and simple, we were not taught very much about money growing up or even as adults. So how can we be good with something that we clearly were set up to avoid or ignore or unconsciously not be curious or even aware about? How can we possibly feel free and empowered with the concept or understanding of money, right? Because we were, it wasn't even on our radar. We were kind of blinded when it came to money or distracted when it came to money, education. 
Number two, we have the opportunity and means to change this. We all have access to a magic box of all-knowing knowledge and information where you can learn virtually, literally virtually, anything that your heart desires, anything, you name it. Some of us hold it in our hands. For some, it's on our desk. For some, it's at school. And for some, you might have to go to the library to access it. We all have access to the internet and some kind of device. We have hope and opportunity or means. Everyone does, right? The library, you can go to the library and hop on a computer. The library is free. So circling back to the sacred, even less than financial education is teachings on the sacred or energetic aspects or the metaphysical aspects of money. In the Bible, money is mentioned more than anything else. Money is important and sacred and energetic. So much so that various religions and religious texts mention it over and over again. It seems the subject of money, wealth, and abundance, prosperity was a preoccupation for so many then and now. And if things continue well into our future. We know that money is not only physical matter, but also energy. Energy that can be supportive, inspirational, beautiful, and healing. Money can be all these things in our lives. There's so much we need to learn. Wouldn't it be nice and wonderful and amazing and magical if more of these resources can be shared with the public and make it standard learning material in our schools? Oh, that would be so wonderful. I wonder what our world would be like, what kind of experience the next generations would have if that was the case. So if you would be so kind, please email me any of your must-read recommendations or resources. That would be so wonderful. And maybe we can start a list or book recommendations or something that we can share with others. I think that would be a wonderful thing to start together. All right, my friend, I hope this episode was helpful and supportive. I wish you a beautiful rest of your day. See you next Thursday for another Money Lighthouse podcast for Spiritual Entrepreneurs episode. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Lighthouse podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs. Hopefully it brightens your day and inspires you to take action on your dreams. We'll leave the light on until the next time, friends. Keep shining because people are searching for your particular kind of magic.